welcome in. I'm here with Gary Armida, a.k.a. The Teacher, and we're pleased to have a very special guest today, Anthony, don't call me Han Zolo. How you doing, Anthony? That's quite the introduction, Dr. Phil, so thank you very much for that. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you here it's with us. It's the best one ever. It is. Just ask Anthony, That's right. right? I'm confident. Yeah. I'm confident. <laughs> I think it's going to work out. So, Anthony, we want to start off by thanking you for your contributions to our book, mm -hmm. Teacher in the Amid, Making Schools Better for Kids. And um, you spoke a little bit about parent involvement and how to bring parents into the process of, of the learning process for their children. And we all know um, how important that is and how much more successful students can be when their parents are an active partner in their, in their education. So you want to talk a little bit about your experience and how, uh, what brought you to Fieldstone Middle School's principal? Sure. I, I want to start off, um, and I'm sure everyone does when they do this, by thanking you and Gary for inviting me to this venue. I think it's uh, great work that you guys have done in the past. I look forward to being part of it. Um, as far as what brought me to this part of my career, um, I started off as a social studies teacher in Amity, which is Orange Junior High School in Connecticut. I worked there for three years, came to North Rockland, was a social studies teacher. Amity, isn't, wasn't that, was that uh, the shark, Jaws, Amity? Yeah, but that was yeah that would be on you know Cape. This was Connecticut, so New England. Yes. Well, New England, same, right? Because it no. was it was they filmed that Martha's Vineyards, right? right. Or Vineyard. Uh. Yeah, this is like a suburb outside of New Haven. Nothing to do with it. Okay. Nothing to do. Okay. But um, teacher at North Rockland High School, uh, assistant principal there for years, and now this is my seventh year being principal here at Fieldstone Middle School. And in all this time, one of the things that I'm most passionate about is bringing parents and or guardians um, into the educational process for their children. Because I find that the most success that we've had has been with that collaboration, that team effort. Yeah, and I, and I know just um, from experience of working with you and, and how much you're revered by the parents and your, your students and, and everybody speaks so highly of you. So you must be doing um, a lot of good work in that area. And, and somebody else in our district that is that is that has those same good feelings from parents and students is, is Gary, the, the teacher. You. I remember... Um, I think last year or the year before, uh, some of your parents um, treated you to some tickets to a Yankee game, yes. and, and I think we were all, that was the game we all went to, yeah, right? Yeah, we, we did. That's right. We had a good it took you guys. You took yes, us. That's right. That was it. That, well, that was before you were engaged. That's right. So that, True. It, probably, we would have been dumped at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't but, think, you would have to see yeah. empty before yeah. you brought us. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> They're not coming. But, I mean, to have parents care that much about a teacher to yeah. go and figure out what you really like, which is baseball, mm -hmm. and there were great seats, and yep. we had a great night, and... Um, and so what are some of the things you do, Gary, as a teacher, to build that, that communication, that relationship with parents? I think it first starts with um, the, initial, the initial meeting, really. And, and really, so most of the times that's like a meet-the-teacher night. Or even before that, when you send home the, you know, the welcome letter. You send, you know, even as a secondary teacher, I think sometimes in secondary it gets lost, that communication part, where elementary school teachers do that really, really well. They're constantly in communication with parents. And think about it, when our kids were younger, you know, you, we're always getting stuff home. So, I yeah, and there's that that kind of piece of you know the kids are getting older and parents are less involved. But I don't feel less involved no. as a parent of a high school, three high school boys. Um, but you know, it, it's just a different different venue, I guess. And yeah. I mean, you think about a high school teacher having you know 130, 140, 150 kids. So when you're only seeing them for 45 minutes a day, so maybe that's part of it too, a little bit of a different mm -hmm. type of relationship. But. Yeah, so it starts, you know, meet the teacher. You know, the first thing, sending home a nice letter directed to them. And, and one of the first things I'll say is, you know, I appreciate the trust that you have. And, you know, and I tell them I'm a parent and you're trusting me with your kid. And, you know, I hold that pretty sacred. So with that, and then when we first meet for meet the teacher night, the first thing out of my mouth is always, I love my job. 
and uh -huh. you know I'm here and you know I'm here and I work for you uh -huh. um, and, and that's something that's lost as well you know sometimes as teachers you tend to close the door and I'm the boss of my own classroom where not really you know we're working for the parents they're sending kids to it's hard us. to do that you know that first off that because I think most people most teachers love their job and mm -hmm. love what we do and the, and the fact that we can influence kids in a positive way but it's tough to do I think sometimes number one because you've had a long day and you've poured yourself mm -hmm. into your students and now you know I'm, I'm out at night taking time away from my family um, and I'm tired but also that piece of sometimes I'm not as comfortable right. as as presenting to adults as I am in front of kids, which mm -hmm. I do all, all day. Mm -hmm. Anthony, what are some of the things you do early in the year or initially to make those contacts? I think, um, you know, we have many opportunities, and, and the key is when you are presented with the opportunity, taking advantage of it. And, and similar to what Gary does in the classroom, um, from the administrative standpoint as a principal, you a little bit larger scale, where your connection is made with the parents and the guardians um, before potentially you even meet the kids. It could be done during orientations when parents are coming to the, the previous year getting ready to send their students to you. Um, it could be done over the summer when you have the open house. Uh, it could be done in conversation when you run into them, uh, you know, in the community. And I think taking advantage of those opportunities to let them know a little bit about you, make that connection with them, invite them in to come meet with you. Um, and I think we all have parents that over the summer are very anxious and nervous and they'll, they'll often hide behind, oh, my kid is concerned and that's code for I'm worried. Mm -hmm, um, sure. And then rather than send them that email, and just shut off, saying, oh, everything's going to be fine, you know, you didn't have any concerns, reach out. Schedule a meeting with them and invite them in over the summer. And that was some of the most effective meetings I ever had took place in times when literally there was 20 people in the building. You bring in yeah, the family. those are great, right? Yeah. You know, with technology today, we communicate. It's much easier mm -hmm. to communicate quickly through emails or text messages or mind and all the different different things that, that, that they have now where we can communicate with parents. But I've found nothing beats that face-to-face -face oh, sometimes. Yeah. And, and you know, we've lost so much when we can see each other, we can see mm -hmm. our eye contact, our heads nodding, we, we have this connection that's mm -hmm. much easier. And a lot of times things get lost in translation in an email or, or a text. Yeah, I think a lot of, the, and again, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Technology, it, it plays such a vital role and it's an important way of disseminating information. But I think a big mistake we're making is that disseminating information isn't communication. Right. Um, and when right. we just simply take information and throw it out to the masses, and now they are quote unquote informed, um, everything's lost. Uh -huh. Everything is lost right. because, like I said, that anxious parents that has some concerns um, will read whatever you sent everyone, um, and they might elicit from it things that you didn't necessarily imply, or it comes off as cold or distant or you know very cookie cutter, as yeah. opposed to taking 15 minutes and having that parent come in, show them their child's schedule, walk the building with them, hear what they have to say in regards to concerns and how you could address them. And more often than not, and by more often, I mean 90% of the times, that parent leaving will be a supporter of you. And I think that's something that Gary was alluding to, and you said it before as far as, I don't know about revered, but I think much of our success in education right, comes did from- Did I sense a little bit of humble? I'm doing it because we're recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's right. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But, I, but later on, he's going to go, oh, I know I'm revered. I mean, I no, no, no. Not necessary. Not necessary. But what I, what I think the point is that we're making is that our reputations as educators is something that follows us. Um, and our initial interactions with parents occurs before we even meet them, meaning they've heard of you. Parents, when they when they have a question, the first thing they do is they communicate with one of their friends. Do you know? Have you ever? What would you suggest? And when those people say they had my son, they had my daughter, um, you know, I, I, I had them as a, as a teacher, they're great, you know, that goes so far. You're off to a good start. You have some, already some credit with that person. So. And that goes with how do you make a parent feel when they come into your 
home, which yeah. is the school, right? You want them to feel welcome. Yeah. You want them to feel it's their home as well. And there's a lot of informal ways that we do that. We have, and I know you do a lot of events here, and I know, you know, Gary, you've had different parents come in and speak to your class. And, but, but, you know, last night we had the National Junior Honor Society here um, at, at Fieldstone. And, you know, all the little details that you pay attention to, you're greeting parents when they come in, you're handing out, you know, a nice little program with a student playing the, the national anthem on the piano. There's a lot of touches. Um, but again, what's the most important thing that you do in that day? As a building principal, you have a lot of stuff going on. As a, as a teacher in the classroom, you're dealing with kids all day. You're tired at the end of the day, right? But what's the most important thing you're going to do that day is interact with parents at 7 o'clock at night. So you have to make sure that you're prioritizing that and you have enough, at least in my mind, gas left in the tank right. so that you can talk to parents, it you can have those conversations. Everything. And these parents, like they're like all of us. I mean, many of them, they, they realize how much effort you put into an event. And as a principal... I think your speech that you give, the principal portion, when you're speaking directly to the kids and to the parents, and that doesn't mean it has to be 20 minutes. It could be a three-minute or a five-minute. But what you put into that is what they're going to remember. And it's funny you said, what's the most important thing leading up to that event? Doc, I, I think the most important thing is after the event. Uh -huh. That when the, that event ends and they're gathering with coffee and, and cookies, rather than finding a way to get to your office and pack up or helping get rid of the, it's the cars in the parking lot, stand out there and take pictures because uh -huh. the kids are going to come running up to you the parents are going to want to be there, shake their hands, congratulate them. Take that extra 15 minutes and, and, and interact with those families and let them know that, yeah, now you're, you've done more than your job with this. Your job concluded when the ceremony ended, but you standing in front of the banner and taking pictures with them, that's what they're going to really walk away from this one. Seeing Absolutely. And I, and I remember as a young administrator, I was, I was an athletic director and, and assistant principal my first, uh, first administrative spot. And I went to a conference up in uh, the New York State Athletic Administrators Conference up in Saratoga. And um, one of the things that I saw a presenter speak there about how he took pictures of all his athletes at the, at the different games. And, and then he would, he would have a little roster and he'd put a check mark next to the ones for each game. And by the end of the season, he had every student. And as he got those pictures, he mailed it home to the parents. A hard copy of the picture with a little note and, and parents loved it. And that was something that I took from my athletic director position, but then also took into being a building mm -hmm. principal. Now I know I see you doing it as we have the principal's breakfast for the honor roll students sure. and mm -hmm. the kids are taking official pictures that go in a slideshow but are also given to the parents. And you know, that's just one little, and, and the nothing, nothing beats kind of that, something you can put on your fridge, sure. right? I mean, a picture emailed is great, and a, but getting in the mail, something from, the, from your child's school that you open up and says, wow, I'm proud of your child, yeah. goes a long way. And I'll give you, you know, for instance, at the, at the principal's breakfast, um, I had a couple of parents that, you know, tracked me down after the ceremony and said, would you mind taking a photograph with my child? And I said, of course, I love doing that, the kids smile. And when the, the parent took the picture, I walked over and said, email it to me and I'll put it on the school website. So now this parent, and, and every first parent that I said that to did it. Um, they, you know, when they got home, they, they emailed the photo that they took uh, and sent it to me mm -hmm. of the child. That's so it wasn't even tip. one of our people right. doing it where, you know, yeah. it looks like, it's you know orchestrated or it's something that was genuine the parent took the picture um, and was proud to have their kid you know be you know visible on the school website and I know this is immature and I know assistant superintendents shouldn't do this but I find so much pleasure in at those events as you were talking about and people are taking pictures like photo bombing them in the back because then I see them on you know Facebook I did it with our superintendent Mrs. Eckert and, and our valedictorian yeah. Phoenix last year yeah. and Betsy and he does it at engagement parties too oh I did do that at your <laughs> yes yeah yes. I don't know why I love it I just love the photo bomb I have a couple of theories yeah yeah, yeah that's it. I have a couple of theories <laughs> so, so I'm gonna ask a question yeah. of you yeah um how does a central administrator 
welcome families into, you know, we've covered teacher, we've covered building, but what about central? How, what are it's, some ways you can do? Yeah, and honestly, one of the, the biggest challenges or the biggest pieces of my job that I miss um, from my previous job mm-hmm. of being a building principal is those interactions or as many interactions mm-hmm. with the parents and the families and the kids and getting to know them on a different level. As a building principal, you know your kids, you know the parents. Central office, you have eight buildings now in North Rockland and, and so many more. And how do, I, how do I get to know people at the level like I did when I was a building principal when it's a challenge? Um, you know, and, and again, it's that same thing of, of, of going to the events and staying and, and trying to get to know people. And for me, you know, I, I'm there last night at your event saying, all right, these are eighth graders and I'm going to see a lot of them and like really trying to think about how can I start to memorize these kids' names mm-hmm. and know who they are, you know? And for me, I have to see their faces and know who their faces are first. So I'm trying to pay attention to that aspect of it so I get to know who the kids are. That's one mm-hmm. thing. I remember, uh, and I never, didn't even think anything of it, but one year we had our play and I sent home um, notes to, I, I just thought the, the, the stage was so beautiful, and I sent notes home to the, um, you know, just a template to right. all the kids, took the program, sent it home to, to all the kids in the crew. And I can't tell you how many kids and parents came to me. As a matter of fact, I had a, a parent that had an issue at one point. This was much later and said, well, we really like you because you, you took the time to send this note, but I have this issue. So, you know, those same sort of outreach right. being present. Our, our superintendent is everywhere. Mm-hmm. She Always. goes upstate, uh, yeah. traveled six yeah. hours to see our bowling team compete yes. for, the, for the state title, which they won. Um, <laughs> then, she, you know, the one weekend she was in, she went from Orange County, then all the way out to, to Plattsburgh to see Caitlin Tui. Um, win the state championship, a, a star runner that we have here in North Rockland. She's at the breakfast. and So that visibility is another piece of it, that outreach, that trying to find common ground with parents. And then, you know, unfortunately, I get a lot of calls, or not a lot, but calls when there's an issue to be solved and a parent has a, has a concern, a grievance, whether it's a principal, teacher, whoever it may be. And, um, you know, once it gets to my level, they've gone through the channels. Now, how do I listen to them and not take it personal? And how do I listen to their side? Because, you know, I want to defend my principals and my teachers and, and, and I know that I have to back them up. But how do I put it through the lens of, yeah, I understand that when we're dealing with our own children, maybe we don't see things the way that others would see them. I, I know I do it myself mm-hmm. with my kids. So that's some of the things I've done. For you, Gary, I know you, you've written about it. I know one of your favorite nights and one of the nights that you see as the most important is parent-teacher conferences. Oh, yeah. What are some of the things that you've, you're thinking has changed around that or, or that you've found to be successful there? Well, I feel like um, the first thing we eliminate is the whole discussion of the grade. And, you know, a lot, a lot of times uh, it's like a factory model. You know, mm-hmm. you get the parent in, all right, they're doing this, da 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 goodbye, that kind of thing. And I think that's the absolute wrong approach to take. So um, I typically have long lines for parent-teacher conferences, but no one really complains because they know they're getting time. And I'll start off always with something about their kid. Uh, something that their personality, a joke they made a cracked, or you know, an interaction. Parents want to know that you know their child as exactly. a person, not as a number. Right? Exactly, and that's that is the first and foremost important part is letting them know that I know their kid because I know as a parent I want my my daughter's teachers to know her. Rebecca says that to me all the time. Mm-hmm. When, you know, we do the the parent teacher conferences, or she does them, and, and we split them up, whatever it may be. Well, he knew his his grade, but this one knew. 
Justin's personality, right. Andrew's personality, what they, you know, what they're, right. where they sat in the classroom. Right. Those things mean a lot. I want to know you. I want to know you know my kid. Exactly. And once you can establish that, you know, if you have, if you have a student who's deficient in an area, you don't start with the negative. You say, here's what I'm going to do, uh -huh. and this is how we're going to attack this problem. So I start with solutions before I even say anything that we need to work on. And I think that's all the mindset because parents want to know that their kid's taken care of, and if I don't come with a plan, you know, and all I just say is the kid can't write a sentence. Well, that's my job to teach them that. I think so I've I heard you to. say you got to give them hope, right? You yes, you're that. selling them hope. And, that, and that's one thing I say to my department all the time. And, you know, they look at me, it's a corny thing, but, like, that's the thing we're selling for the Meet the Teacher Nights, the, the um, you know, parent-teacher conference. You're selling hope, you know. Nobody everybody. wants to go and get beat up and tell how about how bad their kid is and all the deficiencies. Exactly. And, and, you know, a lot of times the kids who are struggling, parents are struggling with this whole idea of, you know, whether it's their fault. Or not, you know, you know. Anytime you hear something about your kid, oh, what did I do wrong? So they're already coming in with that. So if you can come in, ease their mind, show them that they're a real person to you, and that you have a plan, and there's it's going to be okay. That I got this. I think that relationship develops, and we're in it together. And the last thing I always do is ask them, what can you tell me about your kid that can help me? That's a great and, question. You know, and, yeah. and that's something I'll always ask at the end, and and I take notes. So, Anthony, I want to ask you a question, and I think there's probably no one more qualified to answer this um, because you are on both sides of the table on this one. Difficult parents. Yes. So as a principal, you deal with a whole bunch of difficult parents sometimes, or, uh, you know, parents that, as we said earlier, maybe are a little unreasonable because their judgment is clouded because it's their child. Sure. So you see it from that perspective. And then knowing you as a dad, yes. you... I would imagine are probably a nightmare for your children's principals and teachers and coaches because um, you're paying the neck. The strong words. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm involved. I'm concerned. I'm informed. Uh, I don't know if I'm paying the neck. I, I, I'm a good uh, listener. I'll get to that in a minute. But I, I do want to. Uh, that, that this comes from from a, when I was in school where my mom was the secretary for the superintendent and my mom thought I could do no wrong. Right. And my dad was the loud, obnoxious, like, go yell at people PE teacher. And I was a wise guy kid and, and you know, was always pushing buttons. And I, I suspect teachers saw my name on the on the roster and like, oh, Fantastic. Jesus, I got fellow cello. Somebody must be pissed at me. But um, I'm sorry, Anthony. I didn't mean no, to no, that. but I, I do want to share this. I think it'll, I hope this little story answers part of the question, at least. We had a very challenging parent, um, and this happened about two weeks ago. And to be honest with you, there was an incident between the student and the teacher. Um, the parent was so frustrated and so upset that they were insisting on coming to the school. Didn't want to have a conversation on the phone, um, didn't want an email, basically showed up without an appointment. They got her into guidance. Um, and my secretary, she had that look on the face like, you, you got to handle this. Um, I walked into the guidance office. I opened the door. I looked at the young lady, and I said, oh, M Marie so-and-so. I had you in 2001 in room 623, period 6 for U.S. history. And she goes, Mrs. O, I want to make sure it was you. Now, her name had changed, but she had been married, and she was the mother of right. the child that was involved in this incident. I said, Marie, how There's have you There's no greater feeling when you see a kid that you had out of 100 percent and you can pull well, up their name. I can tell you everything I mean, about Marie. Is, and I love that. She, she had a great response. She goes, you know, I knew you wouldn't recognize my last name now. She's like, but I had to make sure it was you. And... Um, and I sat down with her and we talked about it in front of everyone what was going on and then I excused everyone but her from the room and um, you know we had a moment she's like you know, as though you're here and I know everything's going to be fine 
Um, so like I said about that reputation, must pretty good, huh? it felt great yeah. um, because you know the work I put in for that you know that young lady was 18 years ago, right. um, but she remembered everything. She and she said, if I know if you're handling this, it's going to be fair, and everything de-escalated. So well, I was talking about reputation before. I was talking about relationships, and I think part of that too. Chris is being consistent. Like mm-hmm. the fact that you've been with the district, Gary, now for 18 years. Yeah. Um, Chris, you've been here for how many? 13. 13 years, and, and this is my 19th year. Um, I think it, as time goes on, being with the same district, even though your roles change and you're doing different things now, and, and obviously Dr. Felsell changes jobs every three years. Um, <laughs> so he, he's still here. He's still here. This guy's been tenured five I times like in a, the same I district. From, I don't know. There was one stretch I went from Farley, and then I was Fieldstone field the next year. Then the next Central. time to, to H, it was uh-huh. like, like I changed offices like three yeah. or four years ago. Yeah, you've been tenured like three times, so that's yeah. so that's quite a bit. But uh, congrats. <laughs> so obviously eventually we're going to land on something that's working, right? But um, but I do think putting in the time um, and making those connections helps you with the difficult parents. So, for instance, with that parent, often if I find one that's too challenging and there's a series of emails that are not going well back and forth, I'll have my secretary call them and say, please tell them to come in. We're not doing this anymore. I want to sit down. I want to talk to them. Yeah, and again, going back to that Facebook. And they love it. I mean, more often than not, if parents can't make it, that's fine. Then we're going to talk on the phone. But uh, I want to sit down. And oftentimes, I know from a building principal's perspective and and now from a central office perspective for me as well, you're the mediator. You're the person in the middle. And, you know, early on in my career, I didn't quite understand this, but I've always now asked the person, have they talked to the teacher? Teacher, Have they talked to the principal? Have they... You know, following those protocols, to, because nine times out of a ten, It'll it can be sans- yeah. it can be handled, and it's a miscommunication, right. or you know, because playing that middleman is not right. what and we you, want to do. We want to put the parties no, together. No, and even how you start a meeting with a parent when they walk in, like you know, Mr. Media Gary was saying before, you don't want to get them defensive, and you can say, listen, I'm somewhat aware of what's going on. I'm sure the things that you'd like to tell me, why don't you go first, and I'll listen. And then let them get what off their chest. And listen, don't interrupt, don't step on them. Let them get there. Even if it's inaccurate, right. let them at least articulate it because sometimes they don't realize the other parts of it. And then you could fill them in afterwards. And the biggest part of the meeting is concluding it. Mm-hmm. When the meeting's over, how about this? Walk them out. Yeah. Like take that extra oh, 30 seconds to conclude, shake their hand, and then happy, say, I'll take you, you know, I'll walk you out, and then walk them to the door. Right. That's it. Just walk them not to the door in your office, the door to the building. Walk out, and you, sometimes the best part of the conversation takes place in the you know between your front door and, and um, the we, exit. We said this in teaching. Yeah. We said this in administrating. Yeah. We said it's all about the relationships, yep. right? Always Give them. I hand them. I write down my number. I'll say, listen, this is my direct extension. If I do not answer it, um, my secretary will answer the phone, and I have 14 communication devices on me. If she'll find me, and I'll get back to you. So if you have a problem, you call me now. You don't have to call guidance. You don't have to call the assistant principal. And again, I don't recommend you do that to every person you encounter. But on those situations that you're alluding to, those ones that are, are, are climbing up the ladder and, and escalating, that person immediately feels more comfortable knowing that if there is a problem, they can call and speak to you. And, uh, you know, it goes back to something that Gary said that, that resonated with me a little bit, you know, that give them hope and, you mm-hmm. know, where are we going from here? Because no matter what, if a kid made a mistake, if, if a parent feels like they were treated unfairly, no matter what it is, how do we get to that point of, all right, let's not keep beating our drum about what's happened in the past. Let's not worry about our pound of flesh. Let's say things happened in the past, we aired it out, we did it. What do we need to do moving forward to make this right? Whether it's a student in the classroom, whether it's a, it's a teacher that had an issue with a parent, whether it's a parent who, who did something, whatever it is. That's and it. that's kind of our job, again, as those mediators to say, all right, that's in the past. What do we need to do moving that's, forward? Can you agree that's with it? the Can key, you agree and that's and we've we've all done this, and I've watched both of you do this. But I always say, when you're meeting with that parent, um, do not treat it as an autopsy. Yeah. Do not pick it apart and look at everything that went wrong that led us to this spot. And sometimes, right, you're we're in a meeting, and it's like 
everything's good. I've been in these meetings before with people, and you know it's good. And we've we've we're it's almost ready to be wrapped up, and everybody's but there's somebody in the room that's got to get that yeah, last yeah, thing yeah, in. Like way to we're, go. We're, like you know, right. it's just that they right, you know right. it's like just it, go. It, but that's it, the, that's, the, you know, that's like, the difference. To I told you. Every single thing. The autopsy. The autopsy versus the treatment plan. You want the parent coming to see you. Not to hash out everything that went wrong and break it apart in every level, but you can't change that. That's occurred. What you have to focus with that parent on is okay. Moving forward, this is what we're looking to accomplish: to educate your child, to make sure they don't make that mistake again, uh, to protect your child, to inform them, to keep you in the loop. Parent, just think about the words that we're using in that context. How much better as a parent you'd feel that this person is looking already towards the future. So I want to try something new. We've never done this before. We're going to call it Mix. Lightning Circle. Make sure. Oh, we're going to go around. Hey, you like that, right? Wow. We're going to go around the circle, and each of us will just take turns. One thing you can do um, to build parent relationships, like a quick uh, one-word answer kind of thing, and, and um, you know, um, let's see what we can come up with. Sure. All right? So I'll start with um, positive phone call home. Great. Face-to-face -face meetings. Uh, email list. Good news cards. Ooh, I have to. I, I had to do the business yeah. cards. You guys know, uh, you know, in the book, um, I wrote about parent communication things and talked about good news cards. And it's a great idea. Basically, you make up a postcard. It says good news from here. We're at Fieldstone Middle School. Um, you know, my wife actually takes a little piece of her her faculty meeting and, and um, gives them out with the kids' address on them. And by the end of the year, everybody gets a good news card. But but um, you know, something that I, I think it's a great idea. And I, and I know you do it here. I've done it here at different times. Right. Teachers do it. Um, so it's in the book, and, and you know, uh, I've written about Frank, my father, and you know, his you know, little, little narcissistic tendencies, and just a tad bit sometimes, but you know, unbelievable. He, yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> I wonder where I get. But uh, but you know, he keep you know, he's reading. He can't stop the good news cards because, and I have to be honest, when I was a beginning administrator, he talked about these good news cards. How he used to do it in his phys ed class. He's a he's a retired physical education teacher. And, you know, you should do that. And I did do it. So now, like, every time I talk to you, I really like that book, Chris. That's a great. And those good news cards. Hmm, that was a good idea. Where did you get that idea? And then, I, like, this one, I won't give them the satisfaction. I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, did you? Was that your idea? I don't know. I mean, it was. I should have credited him for it. But, um, you know, pushing the buttons of, of uh, the. the <laughs> let's, uh, to, yeah. let's speak to the narcissism. What was the title of this activity we had? Uh, lightning lightning round? Lightning yeah. circle? So your lightning circle, you're, you went on for about two and a half minutes on that doc. <laughs> that the lightning circle exactly lightning. concluded yeah. <laughs> when we got to you. Fair enough. That's, Fair it. Enough. <laughs> That's right, unbelievable, go, Frank. We're off me. You, yeah, give me another one. Meaningful um, orientations. Um, holding events to invite them in. Mm -hmm. oh, school events, great. Personal knowledge of their children and letting them know you know that knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, access, meaning their access to you. Doing little things, and I'll give credit to an English teacher in my department, uh, Marla Pruden. Every kid's birthday, she makes a phone call home to tell the parents how wonderful their kid is, no matter who the kid is. And I think that's an amazing thing. Wow. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love that. That, that was that was some good stuff, yeah. guys. Um, I'm gonna end the lightning circle because <laughs> <laughs> and it ends now. No uh, more lightning uh, circle. Uh, no. <laughs> I think we're about at the point where we do we kind of go off topic yeah. a little bit. And, and we, we were on topic. Okay, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's pretty on topic for us. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm glad I'm here to help. Um, you know, we all fancy ourselves uh, good parents, and I know that's the most important thing mm -hmm. for me. And I and knowing you guys as dads, I know that's mm -hmm. the most important thing. That being said, in, in, in work, in life, in school, in everything we do, we make mistakes. We all make mistakes, and the idea is we hopefully learn from them and grow from them. 
So I'd like to propose parenting fails. Um, I got this idea, and I don't want to, you know, after I didn't reference Frank for the good news cards, I want to make sure I point out where I got this idea from. I listened to the Bill Simmons mm -hmm. podcast, BS podcast. Gary, I know you're yep. a fan. Rewatchables. Rewatchables. Happy Gilmore's come, is out now. It's a great one. Loved it. You I'll have to get on that. After we listen to it. And you're a little bit more old school. I don't think. Do you know what podcasts are? I'm younger than both of you. We'll start with that. <laughs> but, but old school. Yeah, yeah, old soul, yes. Old school. I'm aware old of a school. podcast. Yes. You are. Yes. Yes. Have you ever listened to a podcast? No. You haven't? <laughs> no. You have not listened to one podcast. <laughs> Never. No. You haven't even listened to music. Oh, no. You listen to music. What's the song? We, we, we talked about this in a previous podcast. That you, you're a country music guy. Yeah. I and hold on. Was a song that you're gonna reference? I'm never uh, as good as once. What is it? Um, um, there's a couple of songs. There's the one that you like that says "I hold on," where the yeah. guy talks about how he doesn't change. Yeah, and he's got the same <laughs> truck and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other one is "I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good time. I'm as good, good one once time as I ever was. I ever was. Yep. Yes, yeah. So yeah. that's you know that's yeah, I, yeah, I can relate. <laughs> so I'll start since I since I picked this up and, and I'll. You know, I'm a big fan, a big Disney fan. Mm -hmm. uh, I love amusement parks. I, since I was a kid, I've been um, you know, kind of giving a little bit of a hard time. I'm like, you, you know, the amusement park like dictator where I'm, you know, cracking the whip on mm -hmm. let's do these things. Um, and so we go to, uh, to Disney. It was over Christmas break one year. So it's me, Rebecca, um, Justin, Andrew, and Scott. And magic, you guys know what magic hours are? So if you stay in Disney, some of the parks stay open a little yep. later, and only the For people the guests, that are yep. staying right. in, his, in one of the Disney hotels gets to go. So, you know, it's we've been going at it all day since like you know ten o'clock in the morning. You know, we're going where you know Rebecca's had it, the boys have just about had it, and um, I'm like, no, it's Disney, it's Magic Hours. We're gonna go from we're at the Magic Kingdom. You can take the boat over to um, what do they call it? Hollywood's MG, it's changed names a bunch of times. It's Hollywood like, Studios. Hollywood Studios. Name. No, we're gonna do it now. It's December in Florida, so it's a little chilly. We got the sweatshirts, and Andrew and Scott were a little younger, and I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it, guys. Now, Andrew doesn't want to do it. He's like, I want to go home, and we're on the boat, and he's he's like kind of crying, and then I'm like, no, Rebecca, we, we're going to do it. we got to do it. I'm like, come on, Andrew. I'll get you like a thing, you know, one of those big strollers. I'll push you guys around and get you a blanket and everything. And I'm like, Justin, you're just like, oh, man, you know. Justin's the oldest guy. Yeah. He's now in Buffalo, but at the time, I think he was, you know, 11 or 12, mm -hmm. so magic hours and yes we're going to go on this ride Mr. now Scott he's like you know he's a little revved up he's ready to go and he's like all full of energy we go over Andrew's crying Justin's in we do the one ride now now Justin starts he doesn't want to stay either and I'm like well no we're doing Toy Story we got to do the one more you know and he's like no so now he's kind of crying hanging on the thing he's like upset he's crying Rebecca's giving me the, the, the evil eye like what are we doing here and I'm like no you know I'm Again, those narcissists about me and like, hey, we're gonna do it. And you know, Scott's still on board. So we do the ride, Justin starts coughing. Well, you know, then plane ride home, whatever. Long story short, Justin ends up um, with a really bad cold that actually may have may or may not have turned into pneumonia mm. and he might have missed a, a week and a half of school. Um, yeah, so because so, Captain Blood kept him out. Yeah, time. yeah. So that was a that was a pretty big fail. And you know, now every time we go to um, Disney because I to stop going, but everybody's like, yes, it's so nice, we're going to have a nice relaxing trip this time, maybe we'll hang out by the pool with that, I was like, yeah, we'll only, you know, go on, you know, a few rides, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's my fail. Very nice. Uh, but now the kids won't even it's have kind of two me. fails. It is. Because it's Justin and Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then, <laughs> we went to, <laughs> last year, the year before, we went to, um, 
the other one, not Disney, what is it, Harry Potter World. Epcot. Mm -hmm. So we go, no, not Epcot, it's uh, different, different amusement park in general, Universal Studios, right? Oh, yeah. I, th I guess. Yeah. Islands of I mean, I depend on you to know this, this yeah, stuff. So. So what adult man would know? <laughs> <Universal Studios, laughs> there's two parks, whatever. There's outside you can eat. So, hey. <laughs> so we're eating. I'm like, all right, guys. Hey, the park is pretty empty at this point. Let's go do the Harry Potter ride one more time, or one of the Harry Potter rides. And, eh, man, I'm tired. The kids are I'm like, come on, just. He's like, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to go back. Back and, oh, Scott, you know, he's always, so, he's like, no, Dad, I'm done. I'm going to go back. The heck with you guys? I'm gonna go do it by myself. And they're like, "What? Are you, like you're that creepy guy that's going on the kids' ride by yourself? What are you like?" And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> but I went." And parenting style? Hard for me to find. Uh, Hard for me to find. I'm not find not there. But if I if I if I really focus, I, and I and I I look back to, uh, it, it's it wasn't a moment. It, there's several things that led up to it, but it has to do with athletics. My kids are extremely involved in sports, and I'm fortunate enough to watch them at every turn. Um, you know, coaching my son in baseball as the coach, there's a certain etiquette and decorum that you have to keep. Um, watching my middle daughter play soccer, uh, that decorum kind of goes out the window, um, and I and I'm extremely like, vocal. Like I said, you're not a difficult parent. No, but I mean, I say sir, and I, you know, I'll, I'm all over the officials. I am, and I'm, and again, not profane at all, but loud and because obnoxious. Because the officials really care who wins a, a yeah, and all over, and, and I'll yell yeah. things like sir, that's absurd, that's the worst call I've ever seen, sir. You know, start and end with sir. And Which is a little snobby. My, my, my daughter, Faith, you know, the poor girl's playing, listening to her lunatic father, and I don't think it became clear how obnoxious I was. Um, and I ignored the social cues of other parents, like, distancing themselves from me on the sidelines until I, my daughter, Faith, um, and I took my, our young, my youngest daughter, Alyssa, to her soccer game, and I hear this mouth from the sideline going all over this official, and I look over, and it's my daughter, Faith, <laughs> yelling at the official who's officiating Alyssa, and I'm hearing the words... And I'm, and I'm correcting. I'm like, Faith, you can't talk like that. She looks at me like, are you serious, Dad? Like, this, really? I can't say this to that man because he's an official? She's like, I'm not playing. I'm a spectator. I can say what I want. So, uh, yeah, at that point, it was pretty obvious that my mouth, which uh, would, would do it, that definitely got me into trouble and was and, and not modeling acceptable behavior for her. Okay. Right. That's, a that's a big fair, thing for me. Fair, and that's a, that's a big step for you also, admitting that's right. There was some sort of yeah, but it there. came out of passion and love for my kids. That's so that's it. There's always that's a reason. It. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't think that they make it okay. It wasn't just, a fail. That's it. Right. 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 Gary, what about you? I have so many. As oh. you know, the majority of my time with my daughter has been like the single dad thing. Um, I am. I love the beach. The beach is my thing. I love everything about it. I love going in the water, boogie boarding, the whole thing. You know, snorkeling. So M was always a little anxious about it, but finally, the last couple of years. You know, we boogie board together, and it's a blast. So this past summer, we were in Point Pleasant, um, and she was there for a few days before I had to bring her back. Um, and the waves were rough, and I knew they were rough. But And she's like, Dad, do you think we can handle I was like, we got this. Don't worry. Ab, you're good at it. No worries. We go out there. The first wave we take flips me over. I'm looking for my kid. Her boogie board snapped in half. She came up with a bump on her oh. head. And it, this was after her begging me not to go in. And I'm like, you can do this. Come on, we got this. So... I injured my kid. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's so bad. much worse than mine, Gary. Yeah, so that's a bigger fail. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, she didn't quite get pneumonia. That's it. Miss a week and a half of school. It was summer. <laughs> <laughs> banged her head. She was uh, a concussed, but she was she was okay. She yeah. bounced back. Lost yeah. a little yeah. trust. She's like, I'm not doing this. Yeah, we lost a little trust there. You bounced back. Aunt. Yes. In closing, 
Um, you've been a principal now seven years. Seven years. Yep. Somebody coming in that new principal, one piece of advice for them in building that parent-administrator relationship. Yeah, and that, and that's and I wish I had that because we'd sell it and make a ton of money. But I, I think what I'd have to go with is the relationships um, that and they begin before you even meet them. So you take your reputation, the way you approach your job, the way you communicate with all people. Um, that's in essence um, defining how you will be perceived by the community. And I think it's important that you protect your reputation, that you're seen at all the events, that you're seen interacting with the kids, that you're seen um, as a person that's fair and just. Um, and I think that gives you that advantage you need when dealing with the parents over difficult topics. Right. Gary, one piece of advice for a new teacher. I think the, the best piece of advice I would ever give is spend the first couple of weeks really getting to know the students. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, you can build the trust with the, with the parents that you know their kids. And I think after that, everything is just minor details. Once that trust is built, you guys can accomplish anything, no matter what the difficult situation is. Because once they know you're all in, and that you know their kid, and you have a plan for them, everything, everything tends to work itself out. That's great. And I'll offer one piece of advice, and, and this is something that I learned never to say anymore, and I, and I hear people saying it. It's just, it, it it's a bugaboo for parents is, um, don't point to a parent and say, I have 140 other kids to mm -hmm. deal with, yeah. or I have a school of 1,300 students, because that is very true. And it, it, sometimes, you know, one parent will, that, yeah. will be a time suck. But they don't care about how many, they care about their child. And, and saying that damages that reputation mm -hmm. and that relationship you've built up and all that time you've spent getting to know the kids. So um, that would be my one piece of advice. Guys, I feel like I could sit here and, and talk with you uh, all night. I've enjoyed it, but I know it's it's getting late and, um, you know, we're, we're ready to start our weekend here. It's about, you know, 6.30, quarter to 7 on a Friday. So um, thank you guys for a great week of work and thank you for a wonderful podcast. Um, you know, hope to do it again soon. And in the meantime, this is Chris Villasello as the admin signing off, and we will see you guys next time.